Welcome to the Becoming Well podcast, the podcast that explores the intersection of faith and mental health. On this episode of Becoming Well, we are going to tackle New Year's resolutions. It's the start of a new year, and so often people are wanting to improve their fitness, wanting to improve their spending habits, wanting to improve their healthy eating. But why don't we talk about wanting to improve our mental health? So we're going to tackle some of these topics today. And uh, we're excited to be back in studio and back in a new year. It's Mm -hmm. good to see you. I hope you had a good Christmas. Yes, I did. Thank you. And it's good to see you as well. I'm excited to be back. You know, Deb and I, we keep our uh, wheels turning. So we're constantly looking at different um, angles in terms of what uh, mental health looks like and resolutions is one of the things that we've been kind of mulling over. Yeah. Did you set any New Year's resolutions? I did. My New Year's resolution, and this is every year, so this is going to be a good segue as to why uh, resolutions fail. (laughs) (laughs) They do, because they do. Because they do. And we're going to talk about that. Absolutely. Um, I always set um, every year resolution to stop drinking so much coffee. Mm. Okay. And I am from Seattle. So, so you were born with coffee in your veins. Basically, yep, right? Yep, we yep. have an IV just walking around with an IV. Starts in the hospital. <laughs> right. Mom got the IV. Baby got the gets drip. the drip. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And um, it always fails. Right. Mm-hmm. It always fails. And um, my reasons, my intentions are, you know, I think are pretty strong and specific. But eventually it's kind of like, you know, when you go to the gym and everyone's going, you know, the, the gym is, is cleared out oh, in, yeah. in, you know, November, December, <laughs> and then in January it's packed. And then you go in February and it's cleared out again. You get, you get your machine back. Yeah. yeah. So- <laughs> I steer clear of the gym in January. Yes. Right. No, you can't, you can't get on anything. Right. And, and we do that, right. Um, we, we love to make resolutions about our physical health mm-hmm. and we love to make resolutions about, you know, uh, how to organize our lives. But mm-hmm. I personally have never done this, which is maybe a bit sad since you and I are both licensed mental health professionals, but mm-hmm. I've never made a resolution about my mental health and wellness. I have not either. And why don't we do that? Because the reality is, Mm -hmm. you know, we still see that um, these are 2021 statistics, but I know they haven't changed that one in four individuals is experiencing a mental health issue every year, which Mm -hmm. accounts to about 20 percent of the U.S. population, 47 million people. And we know, you know, that um, the covid pandemic, the Mm -hmm. racial tension in our country, and our world, the political upheaval, all of this has contributed to higher rates of depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety and suicide. Mm -hmm. So why aren't we using this new year to create some mental health resolutions? You know, I think there's a couple of things to look at when we ask that question. One, it may even be higher because it's it's most a lot of individuals don't even report it. Totally. Right. Oh, my gosh. But that goes with as to why maybe we don't make those type of resolutions because individuals don't they don't report it because there is shame around it. There's guilt. Individuals um, come from communities that it's minimized or it's completely rejected. Right. And. I believe we also live in a society where that's not where we put our focus, right? We live in a very cosmopolitan society where individuals are um, uh, valued for 
outward and external things, right? Achievement. Achievement. So how much money you make, right? So um, when we talk about New Year's resolution, individuals will take a financial approach of how much money they are striving to make or save, right? Um, Also exercising more because we understand that beauty standards and expectations of how we look and our outward appearance is absolutely connected to our identity in this society, right? So there's a ton of different folk uh, foci in terms of how we measure ourselves. And we typically don't measure ourselves based on our mental health. Yeah, because it's internal. Well, and it's interesting because you and I talk a lot about holistic health, right? We believe that mm-hmm. God created us to be holistic and he calls us to um, be mindful of our mental, spiritual, physical, relational well, well-being. Mm-hmm. And so exercise in and of itself is actually something that we support. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When it comes to resolutions, the motivation behind exercise mm-hmm. is appearance-based right. versus health-based. Absolutely. Because it is connected, like you said, right? Exercising actually is connected to your mental health. But you, it is that motivation, which in turn is why we don't focus on it. And then we also do not stay with it. Right. So say that your motivation is maybe not where you want to increase um, your feeling good about yourself mentally, but you want to look better and you want to lose weight. Let's just say, for example, that's just just your motivation. That's not enough to stick with it. Right. Yes. Therefore, that's going to affect your mental health. Yeah. Even if that wasn't your, you know, your intention that you were looking for this, you know, that you were a, a Attempting to uh, look, take a holistic approach, it all connects to one another, right? And we tend to look at it from such a shallow base that it is not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. I think we also have this all or nothing thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's this mentality of once I'm ready to change, mm-hmm. which we assume is just making the decision, mm-hmm. then change is just going to happen rapidly, Mm-mm. right? So I think that's part of what happens when people start going to the gym is they have this picture in their mind Mm -hmm. of what's going to be the outcome of me finally making this decision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I would love some more definition in my arms to show that I've got muscle strength. But if I go to the gym and lift some weights, Mm -hmm. it's going to take a while before Mm -hmm. that actually happens. And so, you know, I go and I don't see the change. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, it's not happening. I'm going to give up. Mm -hmm. And the same is true of our mental health and wellness, which we don't consider. Also, I can't tell you how many clients have have come in my office who Mm -hmm. kind of assume after that first session, change is going to have happened. And I'm talking to them about, let's think more about a year from now. Right. And they get this sense of dejection and Mm -hmm. disappointment in their eyes. But Mm -hmm. true sustainable change Mm -hmm. really does take a commitment. It takes commitment. It takes patience. It takes setting short-term and long-term goals. So if we we set short-term goals, then we can see what change has happened for us to continue on to be able to meet our goal. Right. So oftentimes I talk to my students where we talk about the stages of change. Right. It's from uh, Prochaska et al. is uh, kind of famous for this idea of stages of change. Now, it was specifically geared towards individuals who suffered from alcoholism, but it still applies when we talk about just the um, the formation of change. Right. So it's this idea that oftentimes we just come in with a goal. I know I want to change this. 
Therefore, I'm just going to change this. But what Prochaska says is that it depends on your level of commitment, your why, and also what's in not being uh, specific. Right. So oftentimes Mm -hmm. we'll go in and say, I want to I just want to feel better. Yeah. And we'll just go into, uh, you know, we may decide to go, you know, say, I just want to feel better and I'll just go to counseling. But we're very we're not specific. Right. And that oftentimes is what hinders our growth. We have a goal, but we don't strategize on what specific steps to take the, the goal. Right. So if you want to feel better, what are the specific steps are you taking to accomplish that goal. Now, here's the kicker. Many individuals, they need to be realistic and they're not. Right. So. So, true. so I want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning every day, because then if I wake up at six o'clock in the morning, I can eat breakfast and then I can go work out. But I don't I work the midnight shift and I don't get off of work <laughs> <laughs> right until four in the morning or something. Yeah. That's not realistic. Yeah. Right. So I think sometimes we look at the goal with we, we have unrealistic goals and we're not honest with ourselves in terms of what we can do short term that then can spur us on um, in terms of long term commitment. Yeah, we have. a, And I think also we have this scarcity mindset. We focus mm-hmm. on what's missing versus what's actually happening. Mm. I talk about this in in my book. Um, I, I had to write a closing story and I was thinking, I don't have any more stories to write about. And then I remembered and you're going to laugh. I know we've talked about this before, but I don't think I've shared it on the podcast. So years ago. I got it in my head that I was going to be an FBI agent. Okay. And I applied to work for the FBI. Oh, you were serious. I I was legit serious. Okay. Have okay. I not told you this story? No. Okay. A hundred percent applied to work for the FBI. And I'm telling you, when you apply to work for the FBI, they're probably now listening to, to this podcast because I'm saying this because <laughs> they infiltrated <laughs> every part of my life. Like childhood wow. friends that I hadn't talked to for years were interviewed by the FBI, because I made it past multiple levels of the interview process. Mm-hmm. I even had to take a lie detector test, oh which was goodness. so cool. Um, but the final part, I was going to be, by the way, this is just a side story. Um, I was going to be a hostage negotiator. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. <laughs> I can see that. For real. So the final part mm-hmm. of the FBI exam was to pass a physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. And this was about 10 years ago. Okay. So I was in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking... I can do this. It was uh, run a mile and a half, Mm -hmm. do some sit-ups, do some push-ups, and do a quarter around the track sprint. Okay. Seemed pretty doable, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody kept telling me, Deb, this is hard. Mm. You need to prepare. You have three opportunities to pass this exam. Mm. It was the last step in my process, all right? So the first time I show up without really doing anything to prepare, thinking I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And it's a point-based system. So the way it works is you do as many sit-ups as you can in a minute. Okay. Then you get a minute off. Mm -hmm. And then you do a mile and a half run around the track. Okay. And then you get a minute off. And then you do as many push-ups as you can until you can't do any more. And then you get a minute off. And then you do the sprint. Wow. So literally the goal is exhaust your whole body. Right. Your daughter could do this in her sleep. (laughs) Right. Um, But she's 16 and an athlete. She's 16 and an amazing (laughs) athlete. So I failed miserably first round. So the second round, I did CrossFit. Okay. I was like, okay, this is going to prepare me. I'm going to be great. Sure. Failed. Third time, I hired a personal trainer. And I worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. I worked out. We met weekly. I did all these things. And I went to take the test. And I finished. And I was convinced that I passed. And I missed it by one point, which is oh, the story wow. of my life <laughs> in many areas. But what happened was on the sit-ups, you have to break 90 degrees when you come up. 
And oh. I didn't break 90 degrees on one of my sit-ups and it didn't count. And oh my goodness. And so the whole point of that story to connect it back to what we're talking about is for months, probably longer than that, all I focused on was I didn't get into the FBI because I missed one sit-up. Mm. I wasn't thinking about all the other sit-ups that I actually did. Do. Right. Right. You know, and yeah, it didn't get me to the ultimate goal that I thought I wanted to pursue, but I still. But you accomplished a great feat. Yeah. And that your focus was lost. You didn't, you didn't recognize that. I was just focused on what was missing. Yeah. That scarcity mindset versus what I was accomplishing along the way. And I think that is a huge barrier to things like resolutions because all we see is how we're not getting there, right. how we haven't hit the mark, how mm-hmm. we're not getting to the goals versus mm-hmm. let's focus on each of the little steps that's moving us yes. in that direction. Yes. And it starts with your mental, your mentality, right? So we will start looking at the outward evidence, totally. whether it's behavior, whether it's muscles, whether, you know, I'm not I'm not spending as much money, but we neglect the fact that it always starts with your mind. Yeah. Right. I you know, we we mentioned several times in our podcast about my my daughter, Amaya. She again, she's a natural athlete. However, that doesn't mean that she didn't have to train herself to be able to believe to believe. press through to understand her weaknesses, understand her strengths, being able to navigate her mental health when she is going through a tough time with her body. Right. For a long time, she would just go out there and throw. Right. And she would just win gold or something. Now, as she got older, she realized that she is now a a, a small, a small fish in a bigger pond, Mm. which means she couldn't just rely on her physical ability. She had to tap into her mental strength. Mm. Right. And that is something that was very hard for her to understand, but that needed to be done so that then she can meet her goal physically. Yeah. So oftentimes that's what we do, right? We're not looking at, we just want to look at the outward, um, uh, evidence. Yep. Not understanding that, you're not going to see a significant change unless you have your mentality correct and yeah. and not even correct, but understand that that is a part of change. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you cannot ignore it expecting to meet a goal and it be sustainable. Yeah. Right. You could have met the goal, you know, but if you would have been like, OK, I got it out of the way. And then you just kind of thought you just dis- dispersed with any other type of mental, um, you know, stamina or mental, you know, um, understanding of how you have to be able to sustain being a strong person, it would not have worked for a long period of time. You would have broken down at some point mentally, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the essence of, and, and, you know, there's a whole thing, a whole, we could devote a whole podcast to, to dieting. I think that we have a very unhealthy culture when it comes to dieting, but, but to your point, there's a reason why there's a terminology called yo-yo dieting Mm -hmm. because people don't recognize how Mm -hmm. much our mindset Mm -hmm. plays into making long-term sustainable changes. And what I love about this, you know, our podcast is devoted to talking about mental health, but bringing in biblical principles, right? Mm-hmm. Integrating with scripture. And the reason that's such a passion for both of us is because we see how the truth of God, God's word permeates 
so every much part of, of every part of our lives, mm-hmm. right? Like it's kind of like he knew how he was designing us when he designed yeah, us. Yeah, he kind of knew what he was doing. And I think Proverbs <laughs> speaks specifically to this because mm-hmm. we see, I love the picture of of um, of farming. I grew mm-hmm. up in a farming community with, mm-hmm. with my grandparents. And so maybe that's a part of the reason, but farming takes long-term planning. Sure. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so in the Proverbs, um, the author's talking about planting a vineyard, mm. but specifically in Proverbs 21, five, the verses, the plans of the diligent mm. lead surely to abundance, mm. but everyone who is hasty comes only to want wow. the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what you're talking about is we, you know, we kind of make these hasty plans because mm-hmm. we only focus on the goal. Mm-hmm. We don't actually stop to think about what are the steps along the way mm-hmm. that are going to really promote my success mm-hmm. and accomplishment here, but in a healthy way, not yeah. in the, you know, in the Western individualistic, you right. know, goal oriented accomplishment mindset. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing, let's, you know, even if we like ex- extrapolate that a little bit, did we con- include if this is what God wants us to do and how he wants us Mm. to do it. Ooh, that's good. Right. And so oftentimes we say we want to get healthy. We want to do this. We want to feel better. We want to be happy. Right. And so, so from the beginning, we start off with the wrong motivation. Therefore our goals aren't even sustainable and they're not rooted in who we are in Christ. Yeah. Right. So say that I want to be happy. Right. That's very vague. Yeah. But do I want to be happy because my standard of happiness has to do with money? My standard of happiness has to do with where I want to never feel that I am, you know, in a dark place. Or is it because I want to have peace and be in closer relationship with Christ, which will lead to my happiness? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Do we have the right the do we have the right motive when we actually set these goals because if it doesn't include christ it's going to fail a hundred percent and actually i would say this is a great argument for resolutions right if you Mm -hmm. think about it so often throughout scripture the the word of God is telling us to be intentional and reflective, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think about in Hebrews 10, 24, where it talks about building community. It starts off, Paul starts off with, let us consider. Mm. The Greek translation of consider is katanoeo. Mm. And it literally means to intentionally reflect upon. Mm. So I think this is a perfect podcast for this season because reflecting yep. um is, is critical for building resolution. Yes. And so as we think about, okay, what is God calling me to transform in my life so that I'm building a deeper and more reflective relationship with him? Right. What is God speaking to you? That takes right. pausing and consideration. Mm-hmm. And openness and humility mm-hmm. and honesty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is when you will have a clear path on not just what your goal is, but the steps to take. And actually that is the first step, right? But the continuous steps to take to reach your goal, right? And I think we 
typically we'll find something that we don't like or find something that we want to change. And then we just all of a sudden say, OK, God, help me. We include him later. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I figured it out. God, now can you come in right. and mark your magic? Right. Exactly. We expect him to just drop a blank check out of the sky and right. then we just get to use it whichever way we want to. Right. Or we manipulate him into serving our needs when in reality he is the one who actually sets the stage for our goals. Mm, that's so good. OK, so. Taking all this into consideration, I think we've made or we would make a pretty good argument that we, we know mental health in our world mm-hmm. right now is 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 suffering right. for a whole host of reasons. Yeah. So if we have people who are listening, who who are now maybe saying, you know what, I do want to make my mental health and wellness mm-hmm. a resolution for this year. Mm-hmm. I do want to focus on that. And, I, and, I'm, and I've invited God into this process. And I really feel a prompting from the Holy Spirit that this is an area in my life that needs attention mm-hmm. um, and care. How do we go about doing that? How do we mm. make mental health a resolution and a priority in our lives? Mm. I will speak from, you know, obviously this is anecdotal and personal, but... I had to be honest with myself and especially with adults, it is painful, right? Any, I I always say this, it does not matter who you are. There's a lot of things in counseling that we consider when we talk about cultural considerations. But one of the things that is constant across cultures is, and humans, is that we all want to have pleasure and avoid pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's constant. Doesn't matter where you're from. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what we tend to do is when we feel pain or discomfort, we want to repress it or suppress Right. We do all those defense mechanisms, deny it, dis, you know, displace all of the, all of the defense mechanisms, avoid, mecha- yep. avoid yep. all the defense mechanisms. And in turn, that prevents us from being honest with ourselves, which in turn, um, blocks us from growing and healing, right? Because yep. we are, we want, we, it's, it's too much for us to bear. We don't want to feel any anxiety. We don't want to feel that we, you know, are lacking in some way. Right. And so we tend to and, and God is so good because that is a defense mechanisms in itself is actually very um, it's it, it helps to protect us. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not a thing that you use long term because it's there to alert you that it's something that we need to pay attention to. Yeah. Right. So the reason why I say that is that I get that many people don't want to face themselves, but we have to. And the only way that we can do that and understand that we are safe when we are facing ourselves is to go in to go to God and say, OK, God, show me me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to do that. I had to say, OK, God, show me me. What is going on with me that I feel as if I can't make it another day. I feel that I'm depressed. I feel anxious. Right. When we do that in our society, in our society, what we typically do is say we, 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 we are, you know, self-medicate. Mm-hmm. Again, we go into denial. Mm-hmm. We overwork. Right. We, all of our addictions kick in. Yep. Um, but that will never get you to a point where not even setting a goal, but you have to be honest with yourselves and with yourself to be able to have clarity of what needs to change in a way that's going to be sustainable and facilitate healing. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that's 
the first step in any resolution Mm -hmm. and the first step in a mental health resolution, that honesty piece. Mm -hmm. I think the second step is reality, Mm. right? Is, I mean, I think you, you, it's sort of an easy transition in a way because all of the things that prevent us from being honest with ourselves can also be all of the things that prevent us from seeing reality. Mm. You know, I talk about with my clients, sometimes they get stuck in this world of really wanting option A. Mm -hmm. You've got A, B, and C in front of you. And I really want A, Mm -hmm. right? So I'll I'll use myself, for example. Let's say that I really want to be dating Mm -hmm. and, or I really want to be married. Let's take it a a step further. I really want to be married and have kids, Mm -hmm. but I'm not even dating anybody. Mm. And so I'm just fixated on, Marriage and kids. Right. That's not an option today. Yeah. But if my whole world revolves around focusing on that one outcome or decision, Mm -hmm. I fail to see that even though it might not be my ideal, B and C are still on the table. Mm. Right. So, okay, I can maybe radically accept or acknowledge, be honest with myself that I'm single, Mm -hmm. but now I've got to focus on reality. Mm. Right. So, okay, I'm going to be honest with myself and I'm struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. I've been honest. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to look at what is my reality, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and reality is, could be, um, I am in a community right now that I don't feel safe disclosing to about this. Mm-hmm. Or I am in a situation where there is a tremendous amount of stress around me, whether it's a work situation, whether it's a community situation, whether it's a family situation, perhaps somebody's going through right. a divorce or mm-hmm. a grief and loss or mm-hmm. continuing to grapple with, you know, so many of the things that are going on in our world mm-hmm. and they're feeling depressed and they don't want and didn't choose those circumstances, right. but they're there. That's the reality. That's the reality. Yeah. So I think we have to first say, okay, I need to be honest with myself about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I need to be realistic about the circumstances around me. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I, I was just watching a show and it was about, it was actually about weight loss. And there was this ex-athlete, right? He was, you know, all American. And he had just this, you know, he had a a very fruitful and successful college football career. And he was feeling down on himself because he gained a significant amount of weight. And so they went through kind of like this boot camp type of thing. It's this documentary I was watching. And he was so dedicated. He tapped into that athletic mindset. And now mind you, by this point, he's 50. He has knee problems. Right. And significantly overweight, Mm -hmm. far more bigger than he was in in college. But his uh, his mentality, which was great, was go hard or go home. And at first I remember watching it like, yes, that's that's great. That's great mentality. But then um, they would flash to the trainers and the trainers would say, I love his fortitude. But the reality is he can't go as hard as he did 30 years ago. Yep. But he still can make great gains if he's realistic that his knee is not going to act behave the same way it did when he was 20. Yeah. Right? So it's not a thing of and it goes back to your earlier point of that we are not looking at um the long-term goals or but but we tend to look at um what doesn't work. Yeah. But 
if he looked at, listen, I am 50 plus. Yep. I am significantly more overweight and I have knee problems, but that doesn't take away from progress that I can make. Yes. Yeah. That's the reality piece, mm-hmm. right? It's recognizing what we what we have right now in front of us and what we're capable of. And yeah. I think one thing that a lot of times we might have an unconscious expectation of that's not reality is if I start to work on this thing, if I start to work on addressing my depression or my anxiety, um, that it will go away permanently. Mm, And I think we have to recognize that there will be seasons of pain, loss, grief, hurt, depression, anxiety in our lives that, that because we are um, separated from the, from the world that God intended for us, yep. we are going to encounter those emotions and those experiences. Deb, that is a wonderful point. I think that is the assumption that a lot of people make that they're, it goes back to your all or nothing, right? Either I'm super healthy all the time or I'm depressed, right? And it's actually on a continuum. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to be depressed, we might just experience depressive symptoms, right? Or we experience and we go through grief and eventually we may, it ebbs and flows, right? But you bring up a wonderful point that I think individuals think that it's, it's pretty, it's a historical stigma of, no, those are the sick people over there and these are the well people, Mm -hmm. right? And and we, (laughs) (laughs) that is a lie, right? And you are correct. There's going to be times that you are going to feel a certain way because life happens that way. And like you said, that is part of, you know, us being born, you know, into sin, right? And uh, it's important that that's why we have Christ. That's why he, he God has given us Christ, that we can go to him because he knew he knew we're going he to knows. have those seasons. Yes. Right. Yeah. If we fully arrive, that means that we are with him in heaven. He is <laughs> right until he comes. We are going to go through those things and maybe there'll be years apart. Maybe they're months apart. Maybe they're days apart. But we're still going to experience these things in the comfort what we're comforted by is that we have Christ. Yes. Yeah. I think, okay. So one last thing I think we have to, to be realistic about before we get to our third point is I think we have to be realistic about the reality that this is going to require sacrifice. You know, Mm. I think sometimes we just assume we can add something into our lives without having to lose something else. There's only so much capacity we have. Right. Right. I mean, you, you talked about the person who works until midnight and then thinks they're going to get up at six o'clock in the morning. And Mm -hmm. every day when their alarm goes off, they just keep hitting snooze. (laughs) Right. It's going to require a sacrifice. So either you have to choose to to go to the gym or work out or, or, or you know, go for a walk during a time of day when you wouldn't prefer to. Or maybe mm-hmm. you need to talk to your supervisor about changing your, you know, your schedule. Or mm-hmm. maybe you have to get up at six and sacrifice that extra hour of sleep. But it's going to require sacrifice. And and that goes back to what we were talking about, about having the the diligent plan, the, the mm. carefully thought out, considered plan mm-hmm. so that we know, okay, hey, if this is my priority mm-hmm. and I'm choosing to pursue my mental health and wellness, and let's say it involves going to counseling, which mm-hmm. is time and money, mm-hmm. what needs to come off my plate in order to make that happen? Oh, you, you don't hit that. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, I want to use this, you know, because I love using my daughter's sports analogy because she 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 really um, as an analogy, because it really encompasses what it is right now. And she what we're talking about right now, she um, she's 16 
And again, she is an athlete and it requires her to put a lot of time into her sports. But she's 16. She wants to go to the game. She wants to go to the homecoming. She wants to have a life. She wants to be able to hang out with her friends. She doesn't want to be at practice all the time. And so we would have these battles. And I said, Amaya, it is okay if you choose to not um, pursue, you know, what you want to do athletically. However... If you want to get to a level that you claim you want to get to, you're going to have to sacrifice some things. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to go to every dance. You're not going to be able to sleep in a lot of times. Right. And we try to balance it out because we want her to be healthy. But we you know, so we provide resources for her. But it is this early education of if you have this goal and you believe that goal is rooted in what God wants you to do in your life. You are going to have to sacrifice some things. Yep. Just like he sacrificed his life for us on the cross, yeah. right? <laughs> kind of a big sacrifice. Kind of a yeah. big sacrifice, right? We can yeah. do we we can we can get up a little earlier, right? Yeah. You know, and that's the idea with mental health, where it's you know what it might be more money that you really want to spend, but you might have to not get. Netflix, uh, Netflix or treat Starbucks. yourself or Starbucks, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Really things that we have grown to actually use as part of our life and our comfort and identity. We have to sometimes sacrifice that for a bigger goal. So it's saying a saying um, no to smaller things for a higher. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's good. No to smaller things for a higher. Yes. yes. I love that. OK, so we have be honest. Mm hmm. Be Be realistic. realistic. Mm -hmm. And then I think the last one is be accountable. Yes. We cannot accomplish change in a vacuum. No. We can't. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to our mental health, this is is tough because, like you said earlier, there's still a stigma there. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we don't want to talk about our struggles with mental health. We don't want to open up about it. We don't want to share this with anybody. Mm -hmm. And I do think there's enough research out there that shows change just doesn't happen Mm -hmm. if we don't bring other people into this process with us. Absolutely. And you are going to take a risk, right? If you do bring people in the process with you, hopefully that there is wisdom in who God leads you to talk to. But but it is a risk, right? Yeah. So when I talk about my mental health struggles, I understand it's a risk even on air because people can say anything, right? Yeah. And I've heard it all, right? You need to, there's a commercial out that, that you know, just really quick, that is such a funny commercial and it's about um, better help is the therapist's uh, oh, yeah, yeah. telehealth now yep, and yep. it's a better health commercial and it is you know th- it starts off with a girl saying yeah I've you know tried to express to people that I want to go you know get the help and here's what they say so they flash to a bunch of people with all these different things and one of you know they're they say oh you just need to work out oh it's because you're a Leo oh you're a two on the Enneagram that's why you're <laughs> sad you know and it's kind of it's there's some levity to it yeah. but it really is um, you may get those responses. Yeah. But here's the thing. We talk about your priorities. That might be a sacrifice that you have to make, right? Yep. That you may have to sacrifice opening up so that you can actually heal. Yeah. And I think also giving yourself permission to ask for what you need from the people around you, mm. right? Maybe you have to say, hey, I'm going to share something really personal with you, something I've really been struggling with for a long time. And what I need from you is to just listen. Yeah. And if there's something specific I need, I'm going to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Or 
please feel free to ask me, is there, what, what do you need from me? Or is there a specific way I can come alongside you? Mm. You know, be an advocate. Yes. For yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Of yourself. This, this is huge. This This is huge. Yeah. Well, um, I feel like I need to go back and rewrite my New Year's resolutions now. Because you guys, I actually had coffee this morning. So we have to redo this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, this was really helpful. Um, yeah. I think what I would love is if you're listening and you want to interact with us, um, we would love to hear what some of your New Year's resolutions are. Maybe even some of the barriers or the obstacles to overcoming those resolutions. And maybe you'll find them on another episode of one of our podcasts down the road. Yes. So please consider leaving us your feedback. Um, you can find us wherever you mm-hmm. listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Becomingwell.org is our website and our social media handle. We would love your feedback. We would love your five-star reviews. Yes. Um, share us with your friends. And it's great to be back with you in this new year. Mm-hmm.